0: everybody welcome back to a new episode of project tahiti it's a magical place i'm one of your hosts jess and i'm joined by your other host jared hello hello (laughs) oh man i had forgotten about this episode um i forgot lady sif shows up more than once uh in agents of shield but it's nice to have her back (laughs)
1: that's true that's that's like the closest thing to a comic connection i had this episode was her and like i figured out know which episode it was by like number and name last (laughs) season i have nothing nothing to do there's no no new comic book people but uh it was it was neat to see her again there's like one almost comic connection thing it's also a movie connection that i'll mention but it's a not a character and it's minor
0: (laughs) (laughs) that's fine um so this episode is uh season two episode 12 oh wait before i do that we are part of the But Why Though podcast community. Um, so check them out on Twitter at But Why Though PC and uh, their website, But Why Though Podcast.com. Tons of cool stuff. Uh, we both are officially writers for them now. <laughs> so not only is our podcast a, a part of their, their community, but. Um, by the time you hear this episode, we both will have written pieces from our WonderCon experience. So, um, yeah, wearing many hats. <laughs>
1: but we're proud to be a part of it, for sure.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, so this is Season 2, Episode 12, Who You Really Are, written by uh, Drew Z. Greenberg, who I believe has started writing more in Season 2, and directed by Roxanne Dawson, Originally aired March tenth, twenty fifteen. I don't know why I have Drew's name in bold. I think that was an accident. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I had anything special to say about him. <laughs> so this was episode... really
1: emphasize it for some reason. Yeah, I was
0: like, oh, was I supposed to remember something about that name? I don't think so. I think that was an accident. Um So this episode starts off in Portugal. There's a bunch of people hanging out on the beach at night, and there's a bonfire. And Lady Sif walks up out of the surf and starts asking for cava, which we don't know what that is yet at this point. Um, and she is not herself. She, uh, One of the human dudes like tries to walk up to her and say, oh, let's help you. And she uh, throws him across the beach. So that's not something that um, our lady Sif would do. So we know something weird is up. Um, back at the playground, Sky and May are training and uh, Fitz stops in to check on Sky. He wants to make sure she's okay. Um, she's not freaking out, and she's fine. And May jokes like, "Hey, if you're going to show up, you gotta you gotta train too." And um, Sky's like, "Yeah, I would pay to see Fitz and May train together. That would be amazing." <laughs> um, and uh, we find out that Coulson has asked Hunter to be a permanent member of the team. Um, and he's Hunter is talking to Bobby when we find this out. And Hunter thinks that uh him joining SHIELD will make it simpler for the two of them, since that was something that got in the way uh, of their relationship in the past. Um, which is really sweet. He's he's trying, it's cute. Lots of character growth for him. It's kind of amazing. <laughs> it's like 12 episodes in and he's like a completely different person almost. Colson uh stops Mac in the hallway to ask him to work in the field. He thinks his talents are being wasted. I mean, even though he's a great mechanic, and he loves doing that. He thinks that he could really be useful in the field. And Mac is super hesitant because he's like, look, that's not really my thing. I don't really like beating up on people. And Colson's like, yeah, but have you seen you? <laughs> like, um, He's like, I saw what you could do uh, in the Alien City. And he, it was pretty amazing. Um, so he's like, just think about it. Colson and May, uh, oh, they get a tip that um, Lady Sif is being held in Portugal, and so Colson and May go off to meet her. And um, she doesn't remember who she is. And they're like, "Well, we're friends of yours, and we know you." And she's like, "Okay." And apparently, um, so there was a before this happened. The reason she's locked up is that her and this dude um, had a fight on a pier. And fucked up a bunch of stuff, and he was obviously very strong. And we find out that he's Cree. Um, so that makes more sense that he's able to to beat her. <laughs> um and May asks Sif about Thor, and Sif doesn't remember. She's like, but that that name gives me a pleasant feeling um, when I hear it. And Colson says something like, Oh, who can know the mind of an Asgardian? And May's like, I'm pretty sure we could figure that out. Cause she <laughs> you know,
1: yeah. that moment was really good. She's like, No, I get it. Like- <laughs> yeah.
0: Cause she also loves Thor. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, it's so She's like every
1: everybody gets it. Come on, admit it. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, I think Colson Colson gets it. <laughs> Colson
0: does get it too, I think. Um, oh, it's so funny. I love it. I love all the Thor jokes, um, whenever the Asgardians are around. Um, so Simmons is still on her crusade against the powered people, um, which is, it sucks to see her like that, um... And uh, the rest of the team is on the pier looking for clues in Portugal. And Hunter touches this light pole and it just cracks in half and falls over. And he's like, I swear I barely touched it. And Mac is like, trust me, there is no universe in which I think you did that on your own, which (laughs) was hilarious. (laughs) Um, And uh, the Cree, meanwhile, is at this hospital and he needs nitrogen. And so apparently he needs nitrogen to stay pink. Um, which was interesting. Some Cree physiology information there. Um, so Bobby and Skye find him at the hospital, and um, he does not want to go quietly. Uh, Skye accidentally vibrates her gun apart, and the Kree dude fucks them both up, and they are both left there, in a mess in the storage room and he leaves uh we find out that kava means keys in the Cree language which is interesting i wonder if they're referring to the diviners <laughs> and meanwhile mac and bobby are plotting and mac is worried that hunter would not take their side that he would take the side of Coulson and the rest of the team um Mac wants Bobby to push Hunter away, so it's easier for them. They can always reconcile later on, but for right now, this like he would be devastated if he found out that this is what they were doing. Um, so maybe later on they can be friends or you know get back together. But right now it's it's not good. So uh, Coulson and May find out that the Cree man is going to a specific place in Portugal, and it's a dig site that was Whitehall's um, back when he was not whitehall he was (laughs) reinhardt and um sky uh asks to sit this mission out she's still a little shaken from uh what happened at the last mission she doesn't think she can handle it and may is suspicious but they let it go she's like okay you know and sky uses the excuse that she's still pretty beat up (laughs) from from the last mission but we know that's not what it is um And Bobby – so Hunter walks up to Bobby while she's doing some research or something, and um, she pushes him away, and she's like, look, I think we should just take a step back. And Hunter's like, all right, I was wondering when you were going to get cold, so I guess here it is. And it's really sad because we know that Bobby doesn't actually feel that way, but she's just doing it because she wants to protect their relationship somehow, which is a weird, fucked up way of doing it, like – Hunter, I'm sure, would appreciate if she was just honest with him. <laughs> yeah. Right. We
1: know there's some bigger secret going on and we figured it out, but we don't want to talk about it until the spoilers section. <laughs>
0: yeah. We'll talk about that next episode, I think, in much more. Like, it's um, not
1: something new viewers can have figured out. It's it's a mystery. No, that unfolds not at all. itself and, it's, <laughs> and it, it unfolds itself pretty quickly. Like, like, like it, yeah. it's, I feel like it's really picked up steam like the last like two or three episodes leading up to this. And it's going to it's going to keep kicking into high gear, I think.
0: yeah, yeah, absolutely. Oh, such a crazy reveal. Um, so they managed to capture this Cree, and um, he returns sif's memories. he he has like this tool thing that that's how she he takes memories away.: Yeah, they I call
1: mean- it a truncheon, and <laughs> yeah, uh, since it's so brief, I'll just do it right now. This is the only okay. comics connection, the truncheon. Uh, the truncheon is—it's like a long, skinny version of the weapon that Ronan the Accuser uses. Yeah, and uh, it's called the Universal Weapon or the Cosmirod, Rod, like cosmic, but, but no C <laughs> at the end and a, a hyphen. The Cosmirod. Rod. uh oh That uh, what do you call it? It's created by Stanley and Jack Kirby. Used with Ronan the Accuser uh, first in Fantastic Four number sixty-five in August of nineteen sixty-seven and uh yeah it's this crazy giant kree warhammer thing and uh yeah he uses it to do all sorts of like physical damage (laughs) and whatnot like like i think it's what it fires blasts can change the structure of matter it's indestructible and like shocks people who aren't supposed to use it and this is a tiny skinny version of it like the equivalent of like a a reflex hammer <laughs> like, compared, yeah. compared, to, compared to like a giant war hammer like that, like yeah. used. but so i guess it would make sense it would have a different function but it's just kind of funny that whatever whoever was doing this episode like looking up you know the, the comic and it was right after um Guardians to the galaxy come out that fall so it's like it a, this is in yeah. the spring so it's like i do think it's uh trying to use what little information they leaned on kree stuff without doing a deep dive into the comics which i don't think they should have gone far i think it's fine but it's just kind of funny so that, that that's uh the one real comics connection for for <laughs> this week is uh his his truncheon as he keeps calling it is a uh, little tiny little warhammer that it's like apparently like the uh the the laser thing and a uh, men in black like a race people
0: oh my god uh so the Cree talks about Genesis and he explains that there's more than one diviner and um the crate that he was looking for uh where all the diviners were supposed to be is empty. So uh the diviners are out there and they only had one of them, and we know that one of them is with Gordon. So where are all the other ones? <laughs> uh oh. Um and uh, the Cree talks about how um, his people came to Earth many, many years ago, thousands of years ago, and experimented on humans um, so that they could have a one-up in in the war. Um, and they, they made these humans into weapons. That's what the experiments were for. And he is trying to find out if these experiments were successful because... And he wants to eliminate these people because if, if there, there's some... Factions within the Cree people that would like to use these people again. And so they can't find out that the experiments worked. Like they left because they thought that they failed. Um, and he calls them abominations and he wants to eradicate these people. So Simmons should be happy. Um, and Sky, hearing all of this, she starts an earthquake and uh, everyone's like, what's happening? And Colson looks at her and is like, "I think Sky is causing this." <laughs> and uh, the Kree wants her, and Sif wants her, but Colson, May, and Fitz are like, "No, absolutely not. She's one of our own. Like, you can't have her." Um, and now everybody is on her side, protecting her. And there's like a big scuffle, and Bobby manages to take the Cree down and erase his memories. <laughs> um, there's some good, good Sky's- jokes
1: as a result.
0: <laughs> there's some really good jokes in that in that moment um and sky is still shaking everything and she can't stop herself so her and may go to wards old cell and lock themselves in and may tries to help sky focus and calm down but it's not working and sky gets desperate and she shoots herself with an icer to stop and it finally stops and may is so gentle with her in this moment she's just like oh sky and she like touches her hair and it's so obvious that she really loves her and has grown to be really attached to her. And I don't know, like there's like this mother-daughter mentor-mentee relationship going on now. And it's really beautiful to watch because it's it seems so out of character for May to be like this. But, I mean, we start to find out that it's really not, this is like a part of who she is. And it's nice to see that side of her. Um, so Sif decides to take the confused Kree with her back to Asgard and she's going to respect their wishes to keep sky here, but she doesn't like their decision. Um, she's like, look, um, she's dangerous. It would be easier for her. If I took her back to Asgard, she wouldn't be a danger to you. And they're like, no, she belongs with us. And she's like, all right, whatever you want. Um, I trust you. And, um, after, After they leave, uh, May and Coulson are talking, and she kind of lays it out, and she's like, "Uh, do you remember what the agent said who found her? Um, Where Sky goes, death follows. So, they're obviously... It's sad because like they want to protect her and they want to help her, but they're obviously afraid of her still, <laughs> um, which makes sense, I guess. And meanwhile, Gemma is very upset that Fitz lied to her and they're trying to talk and uh, Mac, Bobby and Hunter kind of chime in and they're like, look, you should have told us, dude, like it's not fair. And they're kind of arguing back and forth. And Fitz is like, look, I kind of told you guys like you guys were all like on a crusade. Um, against people like her like what was i supposed to say and sky is listening in and they all see her and she uh has a bag with her so she leaves um and goes to the interrogation chamber on the bus and she locks herself in she's like she knows she's dangerous and she knows she can't control it and so she decides to separate herself from the rest of the team and put herself in confinement i don't know (laughs) quarantine again um it's really sad like she knows that this isn't good but like what is what is she supposed to do so the very end scene is hunter goes up to Mac, and he knows something's up. He's like, look, Bobby's acting weird. Who is backup? I overheard you guys talking about this. And Mac's like, all right, I'll tell you. And then he knocks Hunter out and puts him in the SUV. And what the fuck? What is happening? And that's it. That's the episode. (laughs) Should
1: Should we go straight into spoiler section with the discussion, you think? Or...
0: Yeah, I think so because I think there's more to say that could give some stuff away. So, spoiler section time.
1: (laughs) This is what we were talking about uh, in the future, is that right? Do we talk about it? Do we talk about it in the what? I don't know. I can't remember. We we talked. We we talked about this uh, either a while back or in the previous episode. But we finally started to predict things accurately. Yeah, I know. I did starting with this with. My viewing of this episode recently, and I was like, "Oh wait, what?" And all this stuff started to float, flood back in, because I remembered who backup was and what the plot was. And oh, I, uh, I feel like this is it was new for us because yeah, we, like, we had we, forgotten. Yeah, I, I feel like there's never anything that's been like such a surprise that like we completely erased it from our memory. But there's a lot of stuff that like we weren't sure when exactly it was coming, or they threw us for a loop a little bit. Yeah, but this definitely. This this felt satisfying to remember it accurately to be like wait what I looked it up I'm like oh I was
0: right yeah well I I remembered that um, Edward James almost was coming at some point but I couldn't remember exactly like how that happened and I know that Mac gets his like shotgun axe during this season too because I remember that he kills Gordon with that because his line of, hey, who are you? And he's like, I'm the guy who kills Gordon or something like that. I just, I distinctly remember that line. Um, and I was just like, I don't remember if this, I couldn't remember if that was related to this or it was something else. So when you finally figured out what it was, I was like, oh, that's how it's connected. And so it made a lot more sense. <laughs> so I was glad you figured it out because I was I was clueless. I had no idea that that's what it was. And so, so for
1: those of you who are, uh, have already seen it or looking to be looking forward to spoilers and don't mind spoilers. Uh, we're talking about the quote unquote, the real shield, (laughs) which is what, what, uh, I think that's the reveal at the end of the next episode, but this is like such a big setup for, I think it's worth mentioning now as well. Yeah. Just because like, this is this, this was the moment where we remembered that that exists and it really kicks into high high gear before that. We, I don't know. It's like, we talked about it. We were, we, we, we weren't, As far along as we are now, we hadn't pieced it together yet. We didn't know what what they were really talking about. Yeah. But we did remember that Bobby and Mac were full of it when they said it was, you know, therapy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For trauma, even though that would be reasonable, you know. Yeah. But like, I feel like, you know, at this point, we finally clicked it together and we finally could start to remember, oh, you know, this is what it really this is what it was, instead of remembering generally what it wasn't or yeah. <laughs> or, or, or just remembering that it existed. But uh no, I'm excited. I'm excited to get Edward Juds almost like not being a bad guy, but you know, being a foil because he's yeah. coming from a coming from a different perspective and, and butting heads with Colson and no uh, this is gonna be great.
0: <laughs> I know. And I just love that it's like admiral adama in the shield world because he's like a commander of some sort in this you know essentially like a paramilitary organization and um as you all know we love battlestar galactica as well so yeah that we do yep yep it's perfect yeah so more to come on this like b plot i guess and especially next episode so much more is revealed um i just love how mac like essentially didn't know what to do. He's just like, uh, when confronted with this. And so he just like takes Hunter out and like, I was like, what the f-? I, I couldn't, and I, it made me feel so much better when you reminded me that he just like, didn't know what to do. And it wasn't like a malicious thing. Um, <laughs> like they end up deciding to tell Hunter what's actually going on. Um,
1: yeah. Like, like, like <laughs> they, they immediately, he goes to, to Bobby immediately. He's like, what do I do? <laughs> yeah.
0: like, like,
1: Cause he knows that he didn't know, because as you know, I feel like this is really interesting. The way it unfolds, like it's a, it's good storytelling because yeah. they have him literally this episode telling Coulson, I don't like to hit people. You know, I, I
0: know.
1: <laughs> and, and, and like, I don't, uh, basically, like like the combat portion is not the portion he's used to, so I think feel like it's funny because he is pr- pushed into actually hitting someone he likes and yeah, as a coworker <laughs> and whatnot. But also, it just it 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 also it simultaneously contradicts his point, but also proves it because yeah. he is unprepared for this sort of crap. Like he doesn't know what to do. He's like, I'm yeah. not trained, you know, in sp- the espionage portion. He's a mechanic and you know maybe a st- you know a st- uh, strategic guy, like, but he's not a in, in in the in combat as much as he as, as anyone wants him to be yeah and including you know both of us I, we want to be Captain America I <laughs> well <laughs> but,
0: I think it's just interesting that we this is like the beginning of that we start to see that you know obviously Matt gets more involved in like the spy stuff and he actually does join like the field crew and now he's like with season their leader, six right? their leader and he's just such a different agent now And it's funny to see where he started because he's like so hesitant and not sure of himself and he's just comfortable doing what he's doing. And and then this stuff happens and it's like, whoa.
1: (laughs) Because it is an ensemble, you know, I feel like they were able to do this like stealth hero's journey for Mac that's like really very traditional because it is like, you know, so often in these stories, it's the guy who thinks that they're destined to be the hero of the story who falls because – either hubris or ego or just misguided ward. And then there's the guy who is like, no, no, this is not for me. I want to go off and retire or start a family and, and, and has that taken from them that is like forced into the situation. And every time denies, that's not me. I'm not that guy, but they, they are anyway. And that's Mac. And I feel like they both are like these in a weird way, even though they don't introduce Mac until, you know, the second season they, they, they do like, build this really interesting dichotomy between the two of them is like the reluctant hero and the overeager hero and how those like parallel paths. But
0: interesting, you know, that makes me think about like Coulson and Fitz because they're more the traditional type of like, yes, we have to do what's right. We're going to be heroes and look where they end up at the end of season five versus Mac. Like that's very interesting.
1: It is. And like, and like Fitz's stuff is, sad like yeah because Fitz is like he is he has been twisted but so much by his environment and it's and it is in another way he and um and Ward are similar
0: yeah which oh my god I mean we've been saying this whole time like talking about Ward and Fitz and their relationship and how they come from the same background essentially um with just like the emotional abuse and the physical abuse and oh my god where Fitz ends up is like he's becoming what he hates
1: yeah he's becoming like a a heightened like twisted even further twisted version of like all the bad things about his father and it's just so gross like it's on like a like a cosmic or global or like eugenic kind of scale instead of being just an abusive father who's like you're not good enough for me he's like then implementing that same kind of treatment to the whole to everyone like everyone's beneath him and it's so gross like oh man oof and, it, and really- it's so counter to who he is even though he's an intellectually advanced person you know those first these first couple of seasons there's nothing about him he doesn't feel superior to anyone not just because of insecurity but because of like magnanimousness of niceness of, of like a genuine kindness i think
0: yeah and he's just like an empathetic person too i think in these first couple of seasons like it's cr- it's really sad that that gets twisted later on and he he still has I think he has a different kind of empathy later on. It's but it's a twisted kind of empathy where he's thinking about like the bigger picture, and he doesn't stop to see like what his action, how his actions will affect his friendships. And his relationships. Well, I think he doesn't.
1: I think he even does see, but he deems the bigger picture more important. You know, saving yeah. the future of his his family, or even more than that, humanity is more yeah. important to him than preserving his friendship with with, uh, with with Daisy. Which to be to be fair, like. I do understand. I understand that logic from the storytelling perspective when you're dealing with cosmic crap. But at the same time, it's like he just becomes so cold, you know. And, and yeah. it, it really highlights it, like you pointed out with the previous episode with After, with aftershocks. The way he is the first one to reach out to Sky and and when her condition and the first one to like remind her she's still herself and still their yeah. friend. And yeah. it, it really just makes it that much harder. To see how much he's he's changed, and and the fact that that relationship is the linchpin of showing how twisted he's become, where he's just completely, he's not evil. He's just totally cut off from his humanity, like you're saying. Like he has that empathy, but he but he just doesn't care. He either ignores yeah. it or uses it to exploit people to, to do good. Like he's not he's not framework fit still.
0: There are my awful neighbors. Oh my god, that is so loud! Yeah, what the fuck? That is awful. I No idea what that is.
1: <laughs> uh, and when I try to figure it out or confront them, it's, it does not work out. They're not oh, wow kind of people. Um, but uh, yeah. Um. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, so I was thinking about I I I don't think we mentioned this in our WonderCon episode, but there was someone that asked um ian de a question like what was harder for you to film was it season two and Fitz going through his like head trauma ptsd stuff or was it season five um four and five and he absolutely said season five was harder and i think it's because of all of this like it's so contrary to what we've known his character to be for essentially three and a half seasons um
1: yeah going going through trauma i think is one thing but like there was no decision made to be broken you know or or feel like he's broken like all that shit thrust on him and he recovers and and he has support and whatnot but you know even though it's formed by traumas that have twisted him he still he makes conscious decisions to like ignore his humanity and ignore his friends and their feelings and their worth as humans
0: (laughs) yeah well and it's interesting too because like from this episode and the last episode, like, he is very much like an advocate for inhumans, it seems like. He's like, no, like, Sky is one of – she's, like, one of our family. Like, we need to protect her and help her. And that's what he essentially does. And it's interesting, like, how that changes in season five where he just uses Daisy as a tool and essentially like completely counter it's completely counter to what he started out as and it's a crazy commentary on like racism <laughs> like and how it's it's just really sad how fit starts out like this and then like later on he essentially has this like racist mentality of like oh this different this person that's different from us is just a tool to be used and i don't really care about her Um, even though she's my friend like I feel like there's so many examples of that in like our society which you know like the whole like token minority like in the room or I don't know I feel like politicians a lot of times use um, marginalized people to further their agendas or like make themselves look better when actually they like don't care or or don't plan to do anything to help these people um and i don't know just god fitz's story is just so awful and heartbreaking but like i can't get on that i can't get on that with him like i don't i am very like avidly against that so it's like it's even harder because i love this character so much but i like i'm like no don't you can't do this
1: i feel like it has those tendencies but i do wonder if like I I wonder how much of it in the new seasons are is conscious because I feel like on some level we're just I I wonder if we're supposed to see him as having lost any empathy for anyone like if he's just like Maybe. become more of like a sociopath sort of because it feels like the stuff that we see of him being kind of twisted in the build up to that future is even be before you know he encounters uh, uh, Daisy again it feels like He's willing to kind of do whatever he has to do to get back, you know, just to the Simmons. Yeah, and I kind
0: of can't. I, can't yeah.
1: I kind of can't help but wonder if at this point he's totally selfish and doesn't care about anything but that. Because yeah, like there is that element of using her, but I also feel like he'd be willing to use Colson or Mac or anyone. Like it doesn't matter if they're yeah, human or not. True. Like he's just like every everything is a to, is either a tool to help him get back with her or or an obstacle in their way. And, and yeah. he doesn't he doesn't have, have, doesn't have any value in anyone else's life because you're you're absolutely right because I think there's even stuff in the future I can't remember specifically but it feels like he was willing to exploit Flint as well like but like, like yeah. he goes to Inhumans first so there is still that prejudice there but I wonder if it's if it is like a conscious storytelling move or just something that's so implicit in our society that it's still like subtly yeah. there like and and just like an aspect of of his dehumanizing people in general like he does that first he he does it first for, for people who are different from him and these quote-unquote yeah. humans or powered beings man Ugh. it's it is gross and like they never really shy away from political stuff in this but it does feel like because it's so tied to him as an individual like it's a little harder to read than some of their other messages like about transparency or or i don't know accountability
0: yeah yeah absolutely um, I definitely do feel like there is like this racism commentary with oh inhumans, for sure but like you said it's it's really hard to tell I mean because like other characters that are introduced in the next season um and and the beginning of season four like they're very obviously like no like inhumans shouldn't exist and we want to take like government officials are like no we need to take these people out. <laughs>
1: I comp- Oh, I completely agree. I think it's always present. Like even yeah. in the future one, because in the future, although humanity in general is seen as you know cattle to the to the future Kree, at the same time, like yeah, they're using uh, the inhuman population as slaves or like gladiators for their amusement. Like there's like yeah. explicit exploitation of them. Like I, I think there's a- yeah. it's absolutely. Super present, like like throughout, and and it's very much more grounded in reality. Like you say, like the government and just people having prejudices. The whole plot coming up with uh oh gosh, um is it the senator and her brother and everything? Yeah,
0: like like there's
1: like it's uh, the their whole version of uh the Watchdogs, which is uh prejudice, you know, pretty much just straight up racist group in the comics is is conflated with this anti anti-human group uh in the show and it's pretty much like in the x-men cartoons and comic books the friends of humanity the anti-mutant group which i mean yeah. i and i mean that's like it couldn't be more explicit they're just a they're just a hate group <laughs> it's it's, yeah. it's, it's yeah. racism and and you know um homophobia and transphobia it's just all these violent hate criminal you know i mean they're, they're they they're terrorist groups despite the fact that the current administration would rather focus on black lives matter as a potential threat than yeah. neo nazis right now which is yeah. insane but an insanely true fact. I wish that were a, a comic book weirdness fact and not something
0: real <laughs> like reality. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But like you were saying like it's hard to figure out where Fitz's character plays into that like if it if he's part of that commentary or if like you said he's just absolutely selfish and wants Simmons in his life and wants a future where they can be together. And <laughs> like well, that it I mean, I'm sure like there's an underlying like prejudice against inhumans in a well, sense yeah, and like, what, what you're saying
1: like <clears throat> it almost it, like like thinking like it and 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 listening to what you, what you're saying and thinking about the show, like it 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 little bit really really little bit of a little bit if it is just uh, if of inhumans as a little of a of a a you know, wh- whatever metaphor you're looking at it as, as a f- metaphor for truly like oppressed peoples, I, I think, and people who like the w- systems we live in would exploit or oppress or dehumanize. Like, I think uh, looking at it from that level, like even if Fitz isn't actively bigoted against inhumans, humans, it's like, it- it's very, I-, I think, symptomatic of like white privilege, you know, like like people don't have yeah. to be, Hateful and racist to still benefit from stuff or still fall into those patterns and and do so unconsciously. Like even if he's not like, oh, I hate inhumans; they're not human. Like if he's just thinking about them differently in such a way and dehumanizing them at this at this point because of the things that he's been through and changed him and yeah warped him and warped his perspective. I don't know. Like it's it's sad and gross, but like that it's true. But it happens, you know. Like people who. Didn't yeah. used to think that way or didn't used to say those things, like they do reveal themselves as yeah. crazy, <laughs> like, and yeah. or, or not crazy, just hateful and bigoted, like, like or or both, or anything in between. Yeah. And I feel like <laughs> it's gross to think of that happening to Fitz, but it's not out of the realm po- of possibility, you know? It's, I mean, it is intentional, you know, like, ugh.
0: well, I think also, um, Like, I'm glad that Yo-Yo is also presented at, you know, like, she sees the future and she finds out, like, that Coulson is sick and he needs to die. And that's, like, what is holding them back.
1: Oh, because she's super pragmatic as well, for sure.
0: Yeah. And it's, like, interesting that the two of them are the ones who are, like, no, we need to change the future. We can't, like, be attached to the people that we love right now because there's so much at stake. And, like, as an inhuman, like, she is like still sacrificing like her friends and loved ones for the greater good or trying to. <laughs> yeah.
1: It feels like she is unquestionably doing that. Like, like I yeah. said, like, I, I do question the motivations of, of, of Fitz through the very end. Like his feel like very much like just, just to reunite with them. Yeah. Like, but he also had a different story. Like he wasn't stuck in the future. Like they were like, he got there. Yeah. Where I don't know. Yo-Yo's. Yo- I think I think you're right. I think that's an interesting highlight that it shows that she absolutely she's just trying to preserve the Earth and the timeline. But like, and willing to lose anything? Willing to lose Mac herself, her body? Like, she, yeah, she she made sacrifices and was pretty cool about it. Like, as far as like a heroic arc goes, whereas I don't know, <laughs> yeah. like, I, I don't know if it fits this just turns into some sort of like star Wars villain.
0: (laughs) I don't, I don't think his arc is complete. Yeah. I think season six is going to have a lot to say on like where his mind was in season five. We'll have to – I need to watch that premiere episode again. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. There's just so it's, much it's, in there. <laughs> it's nice. We'll
1: get to it pretty soon.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I know. Sooner rather than July. It's great that it was moved up. Again. Um, <laughs> I know. It's getting moved know. up. It's awesome. Oh, we should probably talk about like what we plan to do as far That's as – That's a good idea. Recording just so that our audience has expectations. So we've kind of decided that we're not going to – We're just going to keep with our current um, episode timeline and we'll record season six when we get there. Um, Because I feel like sometimes it, like, the way that we've been recording these, like we have clearly seen up to the end of season five. And I think it gives you some perspective on like what to look back on and what's important. And like what we're doing now, we're like talking about all these future events for these characters. And like, we're talking about where they started and like, we start to see a difference in like these episodes and how different it is. And so we kind of, yeah, we've kind of decided that we want to do that with season six too. Like we want to see all of season six before I mean, because we essentially will see all of season six before we record it, um, just to like get a better idea of like what's important and like what happens in the big picture. I think so we can talk about that.
1: And I think there's a chance, depending on when they end up deciding to release, when they announce that they will be uh, be putting out season seven, the final season. There's a chance we will be doing that like live, actually live yeah every week uh we, we, we'll be caught up by then and going through the rest of the marvel movies and agent carter just to fill up time it's yeah. also possible we won't but like, like <laughs> and, and, I, I, I haven't done the math yet but you know thinking about it you know what we've been coming out for a couple months somewhere and we're in through a season and a half so yeah yeah uh, you Know if it's over a year until the next release, it feels like we'd probably be caught
0: up, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but, yeah. But who knows? Like, we might end up recording extra episodes, and <laughs>
1: yeah, we do keep on having stuff come up with like we have in game coming up and other things, yeah. And we may have an episode that came out right before this, episode. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm not sure, but uh, but yeah, so yeah, if we have Spider Man, with I mean, some of it's a stretch, maybe, but I feel like and that's. We got we got Nick Fury is a big deal in it, and and Maria Hill's in the trailer. So I feel like it's not even the biggest stretch at all. It's it's no. We'll be really stretching it when we're like talking about you know Ragnarok (laughs) two,
0: like Guardians three. I mean, although there's a if there's like a lot of Kree stuff in Guardians three, I guess
1: there's I guess it's possible we could have a a good reason. Yeah, and and who knows like like the way Eternals shakes out could be tied into stuff like like we don't know. Maybe
0: oh. By the way, finding out that Angelina Jolie is being cast in The Internals I, made me laugh because of Daisy's origins. Yes. Because, because like- Now the, she's going to be an MCU character. Now she's actually going to be in the MCU. And it's like before we are like, oh no, Angelina Jolie could never be or would never get cast in- you know. Well,
1: at least not as a teenage. <laughs> yeah. And <laughs> human. And here we are. <laughs> but yeah, and uh, in that related news- so, I think he went back and forth. Like first, they said that the lead character was going to be uh, a gay man, and then they said that the lead character is going to be a straight romance between this character Icarus and Circe, and yeah. that Circe uh, would be played by Angelina Jolie, most likely. And who's and she's like an Avenger and like tied to all sorts of different characters. So it'd be cool to see her on screen for sure. And she does kind of like like I could see Angelina Jolie playing her for sure. Like 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 she like she's portrayed as a tall like uh dark haired beautiful woman so it's like that makes sense yep <laughs> but uh yeah that tracks and uh the other big news is that one of the other characters most likely not Icarus but not no one they haven't t- tagged who it would be uh, uh is supposed to probably be or possibly be uh Kumail Nanjiani which is pretty cool as well
0: yeah and it feels
1: to me like he might be maybe would be playing a character named Makari who's like basically he's super fast and uh, he's there equivalent one of the flash or whatnot. Uh, <laughs> but the character, the version of him who I think was named Mark Curry in the most recent Neil Gaiman, uh, Eternals, uh, re- reboot thing that came out of several years ago in the comics. Uh, you know, that's also the name of, I think a comedian <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> might've been hanging with Mr. Cooper might've been named Marker. Uh, but, uh, but I think that might be who he's playing and that and in that story he kind of had a romantic thing going on with Circe, but this appears to not be being based on that it would probably be based on if anything the original jack kirby material i would think but there are two more modern versions by the father and son i believe charlie and David enough uh but uh mm-hmm. who had a successful run on iron man a while back but did an eternal series and they're also pretty well known for they did Carnival on HBO which was really good like that was crazy awesome weird fantasy <laughs> about circus oh, wow. people from the tw- 20s it's really oh very highly recommended i think it's always available on HBO like most of their stuff is yeah although i don't know if yeah. you can i don't know if you can find uh Lucky Louie the traditional style uh, sitcom starring Louis CK that he did before he was successful Ugh. i bet i bet they erased that i haven't checked yep. lately <laughs> <But> <laughs> it, but, <laughs> i I, I wager
0: if they were smart they did considering it was
1: never (laughs) successful for them or for him and how awful he is in every way yeah if they're smart they yeah burned all the records of that Mm -hmm. uh but yeah i mean i'm i'm looking forward to to that a great deal uh and to hearing more about it as it comes because like because the way they have done everything it's like you know, whether it's Ant-Man or Captain Marvel like they they stay true to the spirit of the characters but they're not worried about being bogged down by the details and there mm-hmm. are enough versions of this these characters are very similar to the Inhumans actually where the idea was like that these guys are experimented on not by Kree but by these characters called the Celestials which yeah, are basically yeah. gods and and like you know they're not anything like they are in Guardians of the Galaxy they're like they are in the first Guardian of the Galaxy (laughs) like if you guys remember the giant giant disembodied head uh, which is doesn't really track with how Ego is portrayed but then again in the comics Ego isn't a celestial (laughs) or anything like he is in the movie (laughs) Uh, which is fine but it's it, it, it it makes it makes me wonder how they're gonna work it all out I feel like they're gonna have to negotiate those two things but they already had to because <laughs> of the way the two <laughs> guardians of the galaxies worked, if they were ever gonna mention them again, so yeah. uh but it'll be interesting, and yeah, no, and I guess the main differences in humans are experimented on by kree and then they like have evolved, and they have long lifespans but are basically you know super powered humans, whereas the eternals are called eternals for a reason, and uh yeah. like are the basis for a bunch of gods and myths in, uh, in, uh, earth history like like they or or in many cases have been conflated and confused with gods so it could be kind of cool to have like a like they could easily have the way the story unfolds like some of these characters could interact with thor like when he's younger uh, yes. which would be so yeah so cool like be, uh, man I, I would be super excited <laughs> and they bring back idris alba same way as well yeah would be smart oh, of them man. <laughs> like might as well but One of my favorite characters growing up was this character who had this crazy horned costume, who was named Gilgamesh, (laughs) who is based based on this old like mythological uh, character Uh, and he's like known as the forgotten one and that was so he, like people could never remember who he was and he was the forgotten avenger and the forgotten god and like that's his whole <laughs> shtick it's like yeah when he's not around you don't remember who he was <laughs>
0: <laughs> Who's that? Yeah.
1: who was Who was just here so other heroes end up getting credit for his stuff like like oh, no. other <laughs> eternals or thor or hercules or whatever get credit for all his myths because he's the forgotten one
0: Oh, I was gonna ask you. This kind of relates to comics. So the Cree story about their experimenting on humanity and the inhumans, that comes from the comics. That's not something that was made up in the show. Yeah. Uh
1: that okay. that's like the basis of the of the comics. Uh like the whole okay. basis for 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 inhumans is they were a Cree experiment experiment. Yeah.
0: Okay. It, and they learned their their ways from the Celestials? I'm pretty sure that's the <laughs> idea.
1: Is that like is that the Celestials, definitely, like they experimented all over the place. So they, they yeah. experimented on humans, aliens, and whatnot. The uh, the people that, that Thanos comes from, Thanos is an Eternal on the planet Titan. Uh, and so his people were experimented on as well. He's a Titanian oh. Eternal. Uh, and then similarly, the Kree went from planet to planet and experimented uh, yeah. and created humans on a bunch of different planets and worlds because nobody has original ideas even even the fictional alien races don't have original ideas in the comics and uh and speaking of the the, the uh, Cree, i had a flashback to uh a, a recent episode where i immediately uh recognized brian van holt from cougar Town. i recognized vin tack our Cree guy i was like hey that's eddie McClintock." and i googled it and I'm, and I'm like oh yep my internal imdb is still working correctly uh he's been on a bunch of stuff i think he was on this weird, short-lived show on NBC called "The uh, Stark Raving Mad." I think it had one season with him and uh, and Tony Shalhoub, where Tony Shalhoub played a crazy uh, author who I think might have been named Stark. <laughs> <laughs> <What was> his <laughs> last name, uh, but and uh, I mostly remember him from the show Warehouse 13 on uh, sci-fi that's super nerdy and John y But I watched that with my. My sister-in-law and my brother for a little while, and it was uh, it's it's basically like the idea was what what happens on the day to day for that warehouse at the end of Raiders of the Lost Ark where they put the craziest <laughs> artifact in. <laughs> so it's like the yes, yeah, the people who run it, but also like the agents who are in charge of going out and getting all those w- wacky materials. So it was it was a lot yeah. of fun. Like it ranged from like sci-fi to fantasy to all sorts of different like whatever magic or yeah. super super powered items have to be. Kept out of the hands of morons and whatnot.
0: That's actually a really funny premise. Yeah, I feel like it's like you I, might like,
1: enjoy it. It's it's like on the lower level of the sci-fi stuff. So like, may, you might not. <laughs> like, I know you like like you know like uh, the Expanse and, and Battlestar, but it's 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 closer on um, budget-wise to like a uh, Next Generation style <laughs> and probably. But but like I don't know. It's also it's no more. Silly than Shield or whatnot, it, it might be comparable yeah. to Shield as well. I enjoyed it. it; has a lot of good people in it. Uh, Spike is in it, I think. Eventually, as as a, I think it's HG Wells' husband, maybe because HG Wells is a woman oh. in it. <laughs> oh yeah, HG Wells is is a is a uh, bisexual woman in, <laughs> in in it. So if if that's not a, a selling point, I like I don't that, know, I don't know what is. <laughs> <laughs> honestly it's pretty rad (laughs) but no um yeah uh man we didn't this episode went by quickly like both in terms of watching it and and, like recapping it i feel like yeah i don't know even though we had a a a bit of character development that i think was solid it felt like the story was it's i don't i'm not meaning in a critical way but it was like very direct you know like it was yeah it it wasn't overly simple because it had a lot of like elements to it you know we had uh cree we had uh you know Asgardians. guardians we found it had a little tidbit like you said like the little sci-fi thing where a blue Cree can pose as a pink skinned cree, okay, cree if they uh, yeah. <laughs> what nitrogen or something
0: yeah yeah Random. but interesting yeah <laughs> um
1: but yeah i feel like there were all these like little things included in it along the way that in another episode feel like they could have uh i don't know i mean it feel like it was more complex but it didn't it didn't in this one and 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 again like not in a bad way but it was very a very straightforward episode i almost said by the numbers and that feels like more negative than i mean it to be be. (laughs) but it just just feels felt very much like uh point a to point b like we got what we got through this episode as viewers very quickly
0: (laughs) yeah I think it has a lot of heavy elements, especially at the end when, like, Sky shoots herself. Oh, yeah. No, the, that's, the that's icer major. And, like, that's, like, crazy. But it happens and, really
1: quickly, doesn't it?
0: Like, yeah. Yeah, it does. And just, like, her moments with May and, like, that kind of, like, mother-daughter element that they have now. Um, yeah. Well, yeah, that was another <laughs> point
1: that you had uh, wanted to talk about. Uh,
0: oh yeah. I think we should save that because more stuff is coming up for May in the next episode with Sky slash Daisy and with Andrew Gardner. <laughs> so yeah, I think we should talk about it. sounds then. good. Just I mean, there was a there was a lot in this episode that about like with that. Like she's just like so protective of her and she knows that Sky's capable and like wants to give her a chance yeah. to like figure it out, I think. I was
1: gonna say the the only thing that uh would maybe be worth mentioning specific to this episode that I thought of uh knowing you you mentioned uh talking about it uh, before was just the idea that like last episode Fitz was sort of her advocate and in this episode May sort of is and like it's almost like people are coming to terms one at a time more and more with her new status quo. But like the fact that she did shoot herself
0: like she hasn't yet
1: you know like
0: yeah she's not absolutely she is not she doesn't trust herself yet which is fair (laughs) like i get that they're they're all at different
1: (laughs) steps but like it feels like we're getting like a piece of the team at a a time is figuring out how how to deal with with her being you know an inhuman
0: yeah and it's weird because i think colson is on that trajectory in this episode like he's like no like we're keeping her here she's one of us but then next episode yeah, right kind of he kind of steps back from that it's confusing so i don't know
1: <laughs> i i think there's we can get into it maybe with the next episode more but i feel like there are reasons maybe why it's he's going back and
0: forth i don't know yeah I, like if we would have just watched up to this episode and we weren't going <laughs> to do the next episode yeah. next like <laughs> I totally would have been like, oh, yeah, Coulson's on that side, too. But now after watching the next episode, I'm like, I don't know about that. So I don't know. Uh, I, think I, I think I'm with you. <laughs> yeah. So I think on that note, um, we should go record this next episode, <laughs> even though you guys will not get to listen to it for another week. Or two, depending on uh, <laughs> releases of special episodes yeah. when
1: we see adventures yeah. in here. <laughs>
0: Yep. Um, so where can people find you on the interwebs?
1: If I'm to be found, I'm probably going to be at I Snow Nothing. You can
0: find me at Space Jess with four S's in the Jess. You can find uh, the podcast at Project Tahiti on Twitter. You can send us an email at Project Tahiti Pod at gmail.com. And thank you guys so much for listening to Project Tahiti. It's still a magical place. <laughs> <laughs> Catch you later. Bye. <laughs>